Good morning. Good morning. This is John Dingfelder, and we're here this morning so- flying solo on our, sh- our brand, brand new or relatively brand new show, Down and Dirty, WMNF, Tampa, Florida. And uh, with me this morning is Jason Marlowe. Jason's doing our board. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, that was your deep and sexy is, voice. I've been working on it. I stare in the <laughs> mirror and I practice. <laughs> Uh, we are missing my uh, co-host, uh, uh, Mario Nunez, and uh, Mario had a, a loss in his family. Mario, we love you. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to you and your family and to your parents uh, for your family's loss. Uh, we look forward to having you back here next week. And, uh, and we do have a, a fantastic uh, guest who I will be introducing in a couple of minutes. I'm going to give you a little clue. He is a radio and television legend in the Tampa Bay area. He's he's giggling over here. Uh, I don't know if he wants to be known as a legend yet, but uh, he's still got a lot of years left to go. But anyway, uh, so that's our little clue. We're going to we're going to talk about about uh, him and his life and his dreams and his family and and uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, we're also missing our part-time producer and phone answerer, my wife Lynn Marvin Dingfelder. Uh, she's uh, had some alternate plans today, so unfortunately, we will not be taking your your calls today. But uh, we'll we'll pick up on those calls next week. Um, so uh, I just wanted to mention to you a little bit about Down and Dirty and and why we uh, started this show. Uh, Mario and I uh, we love WMNF. We think it's done a great job for decades, and we thought here, that here. Uh, we would use some of our connections and our wisdom and our knowledge about things that are going on behind the scenes here in in the Tampa and Tampa Bay uh, area. And, uh, you know, well, this is our fourth week. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Oh, we're doing a great job of peeking behind the curtain. We're, we're seeking the man behind the curtain. And, I mean, you know, whether it was with Pat two weeks ago or whether it was Mario with Fred Hearns last week, you know, we're trying to tell people uh, the, the stories that they're not hearing, the things that they're missing out on. We're filling them in. We are... The gap filler. Now, before the calls start coming in, the man and the women behind the se- behind the curtain as in, well. Indeed, yeah, they're they're. Let's not misgender the people behind the curtain. <laughs> All right, so I picked a special song to uh, lead into our special guest today, and uh, Jason, why don't you crank that up? All right, well, here we go. Welcome to our good friend Jack Harris, a, a true radio legend. Good morning, Jack. <laughs> and a good morning. Love that song. <laughs> you heard it once or twice before in your life. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, on, a, on a on a sad note, uh, Jack was unceremoniously uh, uh, relieved of duty, as they say in the military, uh, from his uh, radio station that he had basically created himself. For decades and decades, and unfortunately, he can't. His lawyers have literally tied his hands and gagged his mouth, so we can't talk about that today. But uh, but Jack, uh, we'll we'll be back on another show someday to talk about that. In the meantime, I, I wanted you to have have you on here to talk about all the fantastic positive things you've done 
your life in the Bay Area. You've been here for God knows how many years. Well, 50, it'll be 53 years, September 10th. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was wow. Well, I, I did leave for one year in mid-70s. And worked up in D.C., but ended up coming back. That's amazing. So let's talk about where you started. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Uh, I was born in a little town in southern West Virginia, Logan, West Virginia, and was raised mostly there and in Stanton, Virginia, and then fourth, fifth, and sixth grade in Timberville, Virginia, a little town north of Stanton, Virginia. Um, and then back in Logan again for junior high and high school. That's pretty country up there. I, <laughs> I did a, a graduate degree up at Virginia Tech in, in Blacksburg. Oh, yeah. And uh, we would just get in the car on the weekends and, and get just go drive, you know. And, and, and no matter where you went, it was one little town was prettier than the next, you know. Oh, it was. I mean, I love Virginia yeah. still. we In fact, my wife and I are talking about going to Williamsburg and Richmond again, and they do say it's for lovers. Visiting Virginia, Virginia is for lovers. They, they do say it's, That's it's their in, slogan. It, it is the slogan. They, they were they, they, very they clear a, on this. They, they had a population problem. They were trying to work on it. I guess. <laughs> well, I lived in Virginia again in the one year I was in Washington, working in Washington. I actually lived in McLean, Virginia, sure. which right across was the right way. outside of yeah, across the Potomac. And uh, but I always loved Virginia. I mean, it's a great state. Yeah, rich history. So, um, so you grew up in a small town. Uh, how many How many kids in your high school? Well, now Logan, uh, there were four hundred and fifty in my graduation <laughs> okay. class. All right. So probably about twelve hundred or something in the school. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But the the city I grew up when I grew up in there. Population was about 5,000, but the whole county went there, and coal mining uh, was the coal mining capital of the world, probably. Sure. Probably and a lot of black lung and that's what I'm saying. I'm coughing just oh, thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, you had a lot of that. Yeah. But uh, there were coal camps all around, and little towns grew up all around, and yeah. the county was 50,000. Yeah, company towns, little company towns, yeah. that sort of thing. and the company stores. Yeah. I owe my soul to, to the, the company, company store. store. <laughs> little go. 16 tons music from... <laughs> no, 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 you throw it back. I'm with it. <laughs> that was a big song back then. So, uh, I, I, I... I lived I, in Japan for a year and a half, by the way. At what age? First and second grade. Wow. Um, this was right after the war. My dad... I uh, got assigned over there to company headquarters, and um, so we went over, followed him over there, and spent a year and a half first and second grade. That must have been fascinating. Oh, that was very interesting. Yeah. And we lived in a part of, well, we were briefly in living in Tokyo, and I went to a school called Yoyogi Elementary, and then we... <laughs> All right. We were able to get a place out where uh, GI families lived called Grant Heights. Okay. And I went to Naramasu Elementary out there. <laughs> and then finally, we got to come back home. Got, got back to, to West Virginia. Yeah, J- the, Japan yeah. and West Virginia. Maybe maybe a bit of a contrast there. Just, just a scotch. A little, a little, cult, a little culture shock. A little culture shock. <laughs> 
I don't know what West Virginia sushi looks like. I'm, I'm not so sure I want to find out. So, <laughs> so here, here's my little West Virginia story. My daughter moved from D.C. Now she lives in West Virginia, and she's up, she's up in the woods the other day. They actually saw a bear outside of her house, a big black bear outside of her house. There you go. So I was up visiting, uh, I don't know, last year or so, and, uh, and she and I went down to the convenience store. And we're, I'm walking around the convenience store, you know, picking up whatever. And, um, and, and next thing I know, John Denver's song comes on the intercom in the convenience store. Take me home, country, country road, to the place I West Virginia. I unabashedly Mountain love John Mama. Denver. Yeah, no so I, of course, I start singing. I belt it out, you know, just like I did just now because that's what dads do, right? Yeah. And my daughter, <laughs> my daughter comes running across the store. And she grabs me and she goes, Dad, Dad. She goes, the only people who sing that song here are, are people who are not from West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the West Virginia theme song now. It, I mean, it, you're going nuts <laughs> with it up there. But anyway, that, that's my dad's story. I'm sure there are many of them. Yeah, we should get Sadie on the on the line, <laughs> and she can she can tell all the dad stories. <laughs> but anyway, so so. Uh, uh, valedictorian out of those 400 kids. Have, they, have you gone back? Have they honored you as, uh, like in your high school reunions well, or anything? We've done reunions, and that's pretty much it. And now did they make you the M- Did they make you the MC at the reunions? Or? Uh, I have been done, yeah. I usually do something there. Um, and uh, my wife gets to do a little stuff as well, but... It, it's a lot of fun, but now so many are yeah, it no gets, longer with us. It gets rough. 81. I got my 50th coming up next year, which I'm, kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, we're having a reunion <laughs> this year in July going up there. Yeah. And it's going to be three different classes together since there's so few. <laughs> so where did, where did the wacky jack come from? <laughs> You know, uh, the, originally, I mean, going way back, you're, uh, I have a jingle of it, too. You're a jocular cracker, Jack, crack, jock, Jack. <laughs> that was the slogan I used okay. way back. Okay. And then a couple of a couple of people started calling me Wacky Jack. I don't know how that came about. <laughs> it but, sort of stuck with you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right? and I've used that as a, a keyword and <laughs> things like that now, but... Is a password, <laughs> but wacky. <laughs> well, well, some somehow your your career led into got into sports, and and it didn't sound like you were that big a sports kid. I know that was amazing how that all came about, and it started. Well, it began first year I was here, um, doing color in '71 for the USF Bulls basketball team, mm-hmm. and they just had begun that. That was the first real sport in town along with University of Tampa football. Now, as I recall, they were not the Bulls back then. No, they were the Golden Brahmins. Yeah. And didn't, we, didn't have a whole lot of ring to it. What no. is a Brahmin? A Brahmin is a, Brahmin. the it's cow a, with the hump on its back. Yeah. And don't you ever see them when you're driving down the road? Yeah, no, they're, they're around a, there. Not all the time. I was just around some cows, but I, I don't no, know. No, about no, no. They're, they're, they're cows. Florida cows. They're, they yeah. come from India. Originally, and they're white cows, and they I studied cattle. <laughs> and they, they got the hump? They got the big hump on the back. What does yeah. that they're, hump taste like? I, I, that's a damn good question. I think this is this is a, this, think, this needs further investigation. I think it's a lot of fat or something. But Good but, marbling. But, but anyway, the, 
Yeah, the, the, the golden bronze. The golden we got them to drop the golden. I don't know where that came from. We got them changed just to Brahmins, Brahmins. and then, thank goodness, they changed it to the bulls later on. But I did that for years, and then... Um, and that was basketball? You said basketball? Basketball, yeah, uh-huh. just doing the basketball. And then in the mid-'70s... Because they didn't even have a football team uh, back then. Uh, yeah, no. Just the- and uh, in the mid-'70s, well, we'd been pushing, and, and George Levy was the guy who really got it done, got us the Buccaneers down here. Right. And... Um, we ran a contest to name the team, and that was quite a thing. And I had three judges, Tom McEwen and a writer for the, back then, the St. Pete Evening Independent and the Clearwater Sun. Okay, and Tom McEwen, of course, was a sports writing legend for the Tampa, oh, yeah. Tampa Tribune uh, for time. decades and, and decades. So I had gotten, we had people suggest names, and my staff and I picked 10 that we thought were usable. and I'd love to see that list. Yeah, yeah. I wish I'd saved it I because know. McEwen, the only name that got two, two votes uh-huh. was McEwen voted the Buccaneers number one, and the guy, Dave, somebody from the Clearwater Sun, had it as number 10. So <laughs> Buccaneers won. <laughs> Bare, barely. Yeah, just barely. barely by. Well, I'm glad we still have the Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's keep them yeah. around. Let's keep them around. Well, well, when you say the term Buccaneers won, that was a rare term for, oh, the, first, for the first I, two I years, I was broadcasting Jack. with them. I broadcast with the Bucks three different times. Tell people who are not that, who, who came here recently, how bad the Buccaneers were those they first were two years. They were 26. They lost all the games in their first season. And they lost the first, back then there were 14-game seasons, they uh, lost the first 12 the next year, and it was the penultimate game, the next-to-last game we played in New Orleans, and they finally won. Unbelievable. Beat them pretty bad. And you were out there, right? Oh, yeah. You I was were doing, doing you the were game. You doing color? And, uh, yeah, I was doing color for the Bucks then. And then the next week we beat St. Louis at home. Excuse me. But, um, and what was it like to be around a team and to try and create energy and enthusiasm for 26 straight losses? It was tough. But the people, this town went crazy when we got back from the New Orleans game. And we we landed out at Sampa International and out on the, the tarmac somewhere. Right. And then they had a bus picked us up there, and we just took the bus back. We didn't go into the airport. Airport was jammed with people that wanted to meet the team <laughs> and couldn't do it. And they got stuck. They had these incredible lines paying and, and had to pay to get out. It must have been like like when they won the Super Bowl. It must have been about the same feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For winning a game. Yeah. Winning, winning Setting a, the bar real low. A game. A game. That was the Culver Houses, I think, back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the family that brought the team here. And a funny thing, I'll never forget, Hugh and I were uh, in there a little longer than the team. And I'd gone down and done the interview, and then I went back up, and I think we were having a beer or something. Hugh Culver House. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the bus took off with the players and everything going out to the airport. 
And this we is came when you're still in New Orleans. Leaving. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I saw it leaving, and Culver House was behind me. <laughs> and uh, I went running after. I had to chase the bus down. <laughs> Unfortunately, there were other cars in front of it, so I was able to catch it. I said, wait a minute. You forgot the owner. And we waited while he came up and got on. And That plane ride must have been oh, that was so much incredible. fun. So much fun. Yeah. And then, then, this was in about 70, well, the second year of the Rowdies, uh, Brooks Gologli had the broadcast rights to that and to the Buccaneers. And now, this was the original Rowdies back in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And they had started the year before, and I think they won a championship then. And I went to the first game I'd ever been to, and uh, Brooks, Hubert Brooks, invited me. He said, "You got to come see a game." So, so where, where was it in in Tampa Stadium in the yeah, old in in the Big Stadium. Sombrero, the old Sombrero? Yep. Uh-huh. And I was up in the press box and watching soccer. Yeah, I just I got there a little late, but uh-huh. I watched most of the first half and. And uh, you were, or Jim Gologli said, um, well, what do you think of it? And I said, much interesting, fascinating. And he had done play-by-play, and there was a guy doing color who had played and everything, really sure. knew it. And he says, okay, you're doing the second half. And I said, what? <laughs> so I ended up as the voice of the rise. That second so half you, must so have did, been a pimp. So you did color for the second? For the, no, I did the play-by-play play on the by second play? half. Oh, my God. And I ended up being the voice of the Rowdies until the mid-'80s or something. But you were familiar with soccer at all at that point? No, or? I'd never seen a game or anything. <laughs> One man kicks a ball. Another man kicks a ball. He kicks the ball to another man. That man kicks the ball to another man. The ball goes into a net. Everyone's screaming. Uh, fortunately, the guy next to me doing color was very good. <laughs> It reminds what? me. Have you, did you see that show Ted Lasso, where where the American coach? I haven't could, seen it. You haven't seen it yet. Oh my god! I know I'm the one person in my generation. Watch it. Hasn't it's very yet. similar to that, Jack. The American football coach gets hired to go over to England and coach a, a, a soccer team, and he do, he knows nothing about soccer, but he's a good coach. <laughs> over there, they call it football. Football, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, it's a great show. I mean, wasn't there a movie with Tom Selleck where he's a baseball player and then go plays baseball in Japan? That's yeah, how, yeah, that's yeah. familiar. Yeah. I've forgotten the name of it. I forget I the name it. of it too, but similar vibe, similar vibes. Yeah, and then Tom ended Selleck up, rocking that. You know, mustache. you're talking about Japan. Uh, my dad, rest in peace, uh, uh, got to go to Japan with a rotary, uh, with a rotary convention, and um, and my dad was bigger than I, bigger than I am. You know, six foot one. You know, always two hundred twenty five pounds, good shape, and so he goes over to Japan. And he said, all the little kids come running up to him, and they say, like, are you a, are you an American actor? And Dad always wore cowboy boots and you know <laughs> jeans and cowboy boots, and they thought he was a big American actor, so he had the big bushy Tom Selleck mustache. See, everything. I'm looking no. forward to going to Japan just so I can be like, yes, I'm very big in Japan. You're very, very oh, big, huge in Japan. <laughs> it is a great place. My wife wants to go, and I'm thinking, well, I don't know, it'll take forever to get there. Oh, but. I- been wanting to go forever. We'll see. Uh, give me time. Well, I ended up also, well, I did uh, color for the Tampa Bay Bandits for three years. That's the U.S. Football League. USFL. Back back in the what? In the 80s? It, or it was the 80s, 84, 85, 86. Uh-huh. And Donald Trump ended up killing it. Yeah. He owned, a, he he owned, owned the, the New Jersey Generals. Right. And he, the NFL did a job on him. He was trying to get his team into the NFL. Yeah. 
And they told him, well, if you can get rid of the USFL, we'll do it. <laughs> and he did. And then they screwed him out of it. What's it like when you have the, the opposite of the Midas touch? Like when everything you touch dies? Uh, like we're, we're not going <laughs> politics today. No, no. We're not going politics today. But, um, but the USFL, uh, the, the other thing I remember, because I'm a huge Gator fan, gentlemen, um, but the other thing I remember is Spurrier, was was he a player or was he a coach? Uh, he was a player then. He was a player, really? okay. So yeah. he was a quarterback. Uh, yeah. And also John Re- John Reeves too, right? Yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, Reeves was. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurrier may have been coaching that. I think he might. I maybe he was a player coach him, or something. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, but, but uh, people loved uh, Bandits. They outdrew the Buccaneers. Yeah. And it was just a shame they killed it because it was very popular here. And Burt Reynolds was part of that too, right? Yeah. He, the funny thing was Burt was um, part owner. I mean, he had a little part of the ownership. And he never came to a game at home. I interviewed him twice, and both times were away games. Uh-huh. One was out in Arizona. I forgot where the other one but one game, he sent about 10 big movie stars that were with him over at Jupiter, and he flew them over here, and they came to a game. Oh, how cool is that? And I remember it was Esther Williams and, um, oh, what's his name? I just saw him in a movie last night. Huh. Uh, how about Sally Fields? Did, did you get to meet her? No, she wasn't there. Because they were one. they dated for a while oh, or yeah. something. Yeah. Man, Smokey I and think the I Bandit. met Smokey and the Bandit. One of my absolute uh, all-time favorite movies. Yeah, I met her at Malio's one time. That makes really? sense. Yeah. The old Malio's, yeah. Yeah, down on Dale Mabry and Swan, I think did, it was. Did you ever go, Jason, the old Malio's? No, not the old one. I've been at the new one. Yeah, well, the the, one. so the old one... It was so classic. You'd go in there. Yeah, was, yeah, no matter to. what time of day, it was just dark. And you know? So it burns. So it was, door so it was just and, burns. It, it was they like a private. They know you to let you in. It was yeah. a very private thing yeah. then. But a lot of big stars came there. Yeah. And Sally Field was one of them. And I think that's where Bert met her. He met. He was He there. met. Um, no, it wasn't Sally Fields, but it he met a waitress that yeah. he started a relationship with. And he with. married her. Right. Yeah, and Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. But you know, my I was telling somebody uh, the other day my favorite Burt Reynolds movie was Boogie Nights. Oh yeah, Boogie no, that's that's towards that's a little bit towards the end, but it's still a classic. Oh, it's a but in a Burt Reynolds. I mean, he was great in it. There were two yeah. great movies that he did, in my opinion, it was Smokey and the Bandit and then Boogie Nights. Yeah, he was a great guy. Um, but there, there oh, he was, was an FSU guy too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Played. Oh, yeah. I stayed at Burt Reynolds Hall my last year well, at State. And what's your, you have, what's your FSU connection, Jack? Yes. Yeah, let's talk Bobby Bowden. Cosmopolitan Magazine had that picture of him. Oh, he was like spread with no clothes on, right? And you know, all kinds of hell got raised. Got to admire some confidence. Got to admire some confidence. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not taking my clothes off for Cosmo. So props to props to Burt. <laughs> But I got to do arena football too. That was fun for a lot of years. Yeah, that, that years and yeah, that was later. I never got into that. I don't know why. It just seemed, I enjoyed it. I, I, I liked it, yeah. and that was very popular here. Um, and then I would not want to play on a hard surface like that, and then have to you know hit the <laughs> hit the ground. Yeah. Get knocked see, into the wall. You get literally run into the wall like it's hockey. No, we had a good team, the Tampa Bay Storm. What was the other? I did one other sport, and I can't remember what it was. So there's a rumor that you had a, a, a Bobby Bowden connection there. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I knew Bobby real well up at when we were at, I was in Morgantown, West Virginia, doing radio, and he was coach of the Mountaineers. Okay. And I did the Bobby Bowden show, and he'd have me over at his house for dinner and all that stuff. So I got to know him. Wow. And, was he married at, at the time, yeah. I guess? And, and yeah, uh, was, they had a forever marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And when I'd been down here about four or five years, there used to be a place called International Inn yep. at the corner of, it was then Lafayette. Kennedy and, and, and West Shore. It's now Kennedy and West Shore, right. where there's a tall building now. Yep. And that was where the Reds stayed when they did their President, spring training here. And President Kennedy uh, stopped there in 63. Yeah, when on, he was on in that town. visit four days before his yeah, assassination. Before he lost his life. Yep, he spoke there at the International Inn. Yeah, and anyway, they were having a big party with Bobby was going to be there, and they knew I knew Bobby, so they invited me to come to it. And I thought, this is crazy because West Virginia loved him. And I got him off, and I remember he was behind a refrigerator away from everybody, and I said, Bobby, I hear you're thinking about coming to FSU. That woman's school, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> all the time. Back then, they weren't popular at all. Yeah. And I said, this is a mistake because West Virginia, you own the whole state. Yeah. They love you. Big fish you in a small here, pond. This yeah. is all gator country. That's all gators. Yep. And he, my name back then, Bucky Harris, he said, well, Bucky, I don't know. You know, I wait and see. And I said, oh, Lord. And he did. And I thought, oh, what a mistake. And of course, he turned it into a one of the greatest football schools in the country. This is correct. Yeah. Please and, talk more about how awesome Florida State is. There was. Well, there was. It well, still remains. We'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how this season goes, buddy. This is going to be a good season. This oh, it's going to be a great season. We, so, we got a spectacular quarterback. The whole roster is loaded. Somehow Jason matriculated two degrees at FSU. Yes, I'm not sure how. Uh, <laughs> my, my liver and my lungs are still deeply unsure, but I, I somehow survived. Yeah, my <laughs> wife and son went there, so. See, good taste. The man has taste. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason, uh, I, uh, I think you have another song for us. I do indeed. This is a classic a favorite of yours, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. I, d I do love that song, and I think it's so appropriate for this show uh, because, you know, down and dirty, we're trying to, you know, t today's going to be on the lighter side, and we're just enjoying our time yeah, with absolutely. Jack Harris. And for those of you who just uh, just came in, you're listening to WMNF Tampa. Uh, you can listen to us, uh, obviously, if you're listening, 88.5 on your FM dial. And anytime you want to tune in, you can listen to... The current show or older shows on WMNF.org. But today we have uh, Jack Harris, who was born William Harris, who became Bucky Harris. Who are you, who are you running from, Jack? <laughs> well, I got, I got nicknamed after uh, a baseball Hall of Famer who I, became I, head of the Washington Senators. I remember and, that, yeah. Yeah, he was. And I, I remember when I was young and lived in Timberville, Virginia then, we got to go up to a game, and we got the program book there, and we watched the game, and he was the 
manager then of the Washington Senators baseball team. And after the game, we ran out and to meet the players coming out. And I couldn't wait to meet Bucky Harris because I got <laughs> named after him. And I told him, oh, he came there and, hey, I got named after you, Bucky Harris. I said, oh, I said, would you sign this? And he signed it. Stanley R. Harris. <laughs> His real name. Joy still has the book. <laughs> I say, no, Bucky, I'm Bucky. It's Bucky. See, I hear Bucky. I associate it with Bucky Dent. We're getting a Bucky home Dent. run over that left Maybe field Maybe he wall. was named after Jack Harris. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Bucky Dent named after you. <laughs> kind of doubt it, but. <laughs> oh, well, that's funny. So um, I remember very, very well. Um, I first got elected to city council in 2003 at the same exact day and time, got sworn in with Pam Iorio. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember very, very well. I was always kind of jealous because you and Pam had, uh, had your radio show on. I didn't know if you did it. Did you do, did you start it, uh, with, with Dick Greco or did you start it with Pam? Uh, started with Dick Greco. Okay. The, with the TV show. Yeah. It yeah. Was on uh ccmr or something yeah, uh, the, t- the tampa television cttv i think cttv yeah. yeah that's what it was so you started with dick before pam came in yeah uh that was dick's actually second turn dick greco mayor dick yeah. greco and uh so so how did that evolve and, and tell me those must have been some interesting well things. i'd gotten i'd interviewed dick and got to know him and when cttv decided to do that mayor's hour right uh they asked me to do it with them i ended up doing it through i don't know how many all the way through buck did, did they pay anything or was that no, just a volunteer no, that was, a freebie. <laughs> well, that, was pretty, that was pretty nice of you it was a fascinating show though because we'd go out and and well at first we were doing it always in a studio down there a cc sure. tv studio with Greco, we right. did it all that way. And, right there. And, it's right by Armature Works, where yeah, Armature where is now. Armature yeah. Works is. Yeah. And when Pam became mayor, we did it on the road all the time. We never did one down there. In fact, that became the new policy. Get out get and, out and about. So, you, But going back to Dick, um, I love Dick Greco. Oh. Mayor Greco gave me lots of words of wisdom about public service. Yeah, and and, uh, and I love him. I uh, if he if he's listening, we give him a shout out. He was fantastic. Yeah, a great mayor served served this community uh, loyally uh, two different times. Sixteen years as mayor, and prior to that, he was even on city council. But anyway, um, you and Dick must have been pretty funny together because uh, <laughs> I can see a lot of similarities in your personality, storytellers, that sort of thing. He was fantastic to work with. Yeah. And so, then Pam came along and said, we're getting out of this <laughs> studio. And you know what's interesting about Pam is, is you know, Pam as mayor, she was, you know, kind of straight arrow. You know what I mean? The, the, austere. You know, just, yeah, I'm austere. It was a tough time. We were in a recession. You know, and but, but Pam was actually perfect mayor for that time. She was a straight arrow. But, yeah. but... Pam can be a lot of fun, too. Oh, yeah. She's got a good sense of humor. She's yeah. got a good wit, a dry wit about her. And I, I used to see that with you, the two of you when you did your mayor's hour. Yeah, and it was great. I mean, we I learned so much about the community from different places we did that show. Yeah. And thanks to Mayor Pam, and I've gotten together with her socially since then a couple of times, and 
Yeah. She's great. She's a great person. And, she, yeah. and another loyal servant to this community. She served, uh, uh, she came on, she was the youngest ever county commissioner. Wow. Uh, she was a uh, supervisor of elections yeah. uh, for eight years before she be, uh, decided to run for mayor. And uh, and then, of course, she went on to do Big, big Brothers. The national thing. Big Brothers, yeah. Big Sisters. Yeah. The national uh, CEO. Of Big Brothers. And now she's, big playing, now she's playing Grandma. To, yeah. a couple, to a couple of little rugrats. There you yeah, go. Yeah, we're going to be getting together sometime soon with a couple of other friends. Yeah. So then uh, how about Bob? Did you carry on with Bob Buckhorn uh, doing the mayor's hour? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was and Bob's a cut. Up. Bob's too. a cut up, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely so. <laughs> any Anything jump out on the, any of those shows, the mayor's hour? Just uh, it was fun doing it. and You probably and went again, to the sewer plant, I'll bet. Yes. <laughs> that was interesting. And then how they turned sewer water into drinking water and all those kinds of things. Charlie Miranda has entered the chat. <laughs> yes, that's that's. But uh, it was fun doing that. And then in sports, I also did the Outback Bowl for 20-some years. Wow. wow. Started out with a Hall of Fame Bowl one year, and then next year became the Outback Bowl and I did that for, well, I guess, 22 years. Well, but the the radio station you're on, I wouldn't even mention them by by name. They don't deserve it uh, right in a second the way you, they treated you, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm allowed to have an opinion. You are indeed. But um, uh, but you, you were there so many years with our good friend who we lost, uh, Ted Webb. Oh, uh, yeah. And how did, how did that start? And, and tell us a little bit about Teddy. Ted was doing a show before I got to that one. To uh, the, I can't talk about the station or anything, but I had gotten to know him and everything. And then they had some. I was on FM and now, Teddy had the Latin connection. He, he, oh, he grew time. up in West big Tampa. Time. He was at least half uh, half Latin. I don't know if he was all Latin, but 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 uh, he was very connected to I the. Think he was yeah, yeah to the West Tampa community. I'm, yeah, and we've been trying to get a street named after him. Ted Webb's Way or Ted Webb Way. Ted Webb Way. Or something like that. Did you that. pick out a particular street or you just... No, just somewhere in West Tampa. And okay. I'm hoping they'll get a committee that'll do it here eventually because... Well, let's, let's, you know what? Together we're going to talk to city council about that. Um, you know, we know we know some people, right, Jason? Oh, yeah, we know some people. We know some people. <laughs> so, uh, and Teddy deserves it. Oh, know? yeah. And sometimes what they do is they might not change the name. Let's say... You know, they might just put the, his name on top of the other sign. That seems yeah. to be the way the city's doing or it these days. Or they put a big marker like for Ellen Gordon Davis exactly. on Davis Boulevard. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that works out very well, yeah. too. Yeah, but he deserves it. Yeah. He, he deserves it. But t tell me what it was like working with Ted. Oh, And how many decades? A couple of decades? Fun all the way, yeah. We did, I don't know how many years together. I, what time in the morning? Uh, from six to ten, and then I think he was still doing it with me. When we moved five to nine. Five in the morning. Maybe oh. maybe it was just six ten. Now is your I body is your body nine. clock still on this? You know, wake up at God knows three four in the morning or. Uh, it's I wake up several times overnight. Okay, and when I was. I always at a certain age. At a certain age, we all do, right, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> when it, when it was, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. I know what y'all are talking about. Yeah, when but I you're was doing, doing something five, different. I had the clock set for three fifty, 
so I could leave at about 4.15. And at that time, we were on Gandhi Boulevard, and I could get down there in time. Right. And But I usually woke up at 3.30 or 3.35 anyway. Uh, the clock only went off maybe oh. one time in that whole many years because I was always awake, and I just go on to get up. Well, for those of you just turning, tuning in, uh, this is WMF in Tampa, 88.5 uh, FM or WMNF.org. We are honored to have uh, a radio, a television MC legend here, Jack Harris. Indeed. And uh, we're so glad you, you, you came to, 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 to be with us. Um, Bob Buckhorn referred to you as Tampa's greatest cheerleader. Now, <laughs> uh, what's what's interesting, and Lynn, my wife Lynn, uh, and the two of you met back in the seventies, I believe, um, when she was at WTVT, and you were, and you were at the various stations uh, that you were at. But um, but she said that uh, to ask you this question, um, you came to Tampa. You, you went to D.C. briefly for a year and came back, and you've been here ever since. I have a feeling you love Tampa. Oh, yeah. And, and tell, me, tell me why, and tell me the changes. You and I were driving here this morning, and, and we're, we're both looking around downtown and elsewhere about all the changes. Why do you love Tampa? Why'd you stay? I just, um, well, I love the weather, first of all, coming down here <laughs> after the snow up there. Yeah, that, make, that tracks. <laughs> and of course, we had the blizzard of 77. We had the snowfall then. I'll never forget that. Yep. But uh, I just, it's, you know, it was a growing place. When I came here in 1970, the only tall building downtown was the Exchange Bank building. Yep. That was it. And you look at it now, and it's, it's just remarkable. It's being dwarfed and looks kind of a little bit shabby. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but the uh, just so many great things about Tampa and uh, the water and Bayshore and the parks and the fact it's the Bay Area that's so great. I mean, I love Dunedin. I love St. Petersburg. And there's so many great things around here, Sarasota and Tarpon Springs, and Tarpon Safety Harbor. Springs. You know, there there's a lot of little quaint places, even though and it's funny, a lot of small neighborhoods. And that's one of the things that I that I love. Well it's not just the neighborhoods, it's the people. It's the people that make yeah, up yes. the neighborhoods that make this place so special. I mean, genuinely, Florida gets such a bad rap for fair reasons. I mean, we're the only state where someone's throwing an alligator through the drive through window of a Wendy's. <laughs> but still, right? Like, it's the people that make the place special. That's why we all stay. It's why oh, yeah. we're still here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a I, And I hope, I hope we can keep that yeah. uniqueness. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I lived in Orlando for a brief period of time. I'm couple, so sorry to hear that. Yeah, a couple of years. And, I, <laughs> and I'm not trashing Orlando. I'm I not, am. I'm not looking at one of those feuds. But I will say that when you go to Orlando, it's so homogenous. You know what I mean? It just, it's just one part looks like another part. It all it all looks the same. But in Tampa, you've got these unique areas. You've got the, the Hyde Park Village. You've got the Safety Harbor. You've got Dunedin you know, Tarpon Springs with all the the history, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's a beautiful area. The people are special. The places are special. The food is good. The weather is great. <laughs> the women are beautiful. The people are beautiful. But let's not tell anybody up north because they'll keep coming. No, oh, but please. We'll, <laughs> the, Georgia is wonderful this time of year. Like, you should check out Savannah. Like, the bar scene yeah. is great. Don't move here. We're full. Yeah, it used to be that nobody was born here. They all came here from up north. I know. At one time, but... 
And I, I'm and Mario and I are actually uh, natives. But you're, I'm a I'm, transplant. Yeah, you're a transplant, and you're sort of a transplant. Oh yeah. But uh, but Mario and I were both born here. Um, I was born born here in '56, and my goodness, yeah, the change the changes, and and most of them are you know most of them are nice, most of them are good. But uh, but but uh, like I say, I just hope we don't lose our charm, our character, Ebor City. Didn't even mention Ebor City. Oh, and Ebor City's great. Yeah. Fortunately, I got to be the, what do they call it? The, oh, were you the uh, Alcade? Uh, the, uh, the, the, Alcalde. Yeah, for, for yeah, uh, Guavaween. Yeah, honorary mayor. Was it Guavaween? Well, it was through two or three years. Okay. That I was the Alcalde of Ebor City, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, but... I, I, I vaguely remember the Guavaween. I, I think I, I wasn't around or something or I was busy raising kids, but what was that like, Guavaween? That that was pretty wild. It was wild, then. wasn't it? Yeah, it was sort of yeah. our local version of Halloween, but it was kind of like anything goes. Yeah. <laughs> this city has a big history. I mean, Gasparilla, like anything oh, goes in yeah. Tampa. We, we are an anything goes kind of town, proudly, but that never <laughs> changed. Yeah. yeah. I'm Gasparilla. Has gotten a lot bigger. Yeah, I I love Gasparilla from what I remember. Yes. Yeah, that uh, it's been amazing. And I'm <laughs> thinking some other things about Ebor City. I was something in Cincinnati was going on. Oh, I know what it was. I was up in Cincinnati. Done a. I was going up to do a ball game up there, probably basketball, and. We got there on Friday, and the game wasn't until Saturday night. And Saturday afternoon, we were going to, you know, go to a bar or something downtown. And and downtown was packed. And I f- stopped somebody, and I said, what are all these people doing in town? Why is town so crowded today? And they said, we're having our cigar fest. Uh-huh. And I said, what? You guys got a cigar fest here? And they said, oh, yeah, we have it every year. And I thought, and I'm thinking, why don't we have one? We're yeah. at Cigar the City. Cigar City, yeah. And so I got the word out and started pushing it on the air. So we had our first big cigar fest after cool. that. Are you a cigar smoker? Uh, well, I do then. You did then, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I don't. <laughs> so a, a lot of people know you, uh, from, obviously, from radio. Um, but you had a, a TV career as, as well, uh, including WTVT. Channel 13. Yeah, I did Pulse Plus on Channel 13, the noon show, Uh which was... um, You remember who it was with? Uh, um, Let's see, I just saw her name. Were you with Leslie Spencer? Leslie Spencer was the co-host of the The noon noon show then. Shout out to Leslie. Yeah, and then um, we would talk together to the guests and everything, and... Fortunately, that's where I met my wife. Oh, really? Yeah, she was cooking on the show. She worked for the state of Florida, cooking seafood dishes and things like that, and promoting seafood. Oh, and this is so the lovely right Joy. Joy, the lovely Joy, who certainly made my life better. But, <laughs> and how many uh, years y'all been together? Uh, we got married in '86. Wow, good for you. So you, so Joy took that, uh, that, and she became an author. Yeah, she's written several books, uh-huh. and now she's... Mainly with a food theme, I guess? Well, the early books were, yeah. Uh, one called Florida Sweets, one 
called the best one was uh, Culinary History of Florida because there was a lot of other history sure. mixed into the food history. And now she's working on a what a church uh, history yeah, of Florida on, uh, churches. Historic Florida churches. That's cool. And that's got a lot of rich history with it about the little towns that formed and then the churches and everything. And yeah. we've been going all over the state getting pictures of these churches. <coughs> Excuse but, me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and uh, and I believe you, the two of you have a wonderful son. Oh, yeah. Jackson, who's living up in Washington, D.C. Your face lights up when you say his name. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You, I know you're proud. Uh, it's been a great life, thanks to joy. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, we we both. Uh, well, I would say all three of us uh, owe, owe a lot to our very tolerant spouses. <laughs> Exceptionally <laughs> tolerant, yes, indeed. <laughs> they have to be. So one of the uh, one of the things that I know that I think you were in front of city council Just yesterday, yesterday yeah. Uh, yeah, talking about what, Jack. Uh, trying to get a walk of fame okay. in uh, Tampa. And what does that mean? Well, the, of course, you know, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is the most famous one. It was sure. just there a few weeks ago. Huh? It was just there a few weeks ago. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, I was walking on the star of uh, Phil Collins, excuse me, Alan Clendenin on our city council. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, they've got one in St. Louis and one in Nashville. And when I really thought about we need one in Tampa, it was – we were up in Toronto, and they've got one there. It's strange because it's made up of Canadians who became famous in the USA, mm. in America. But anyway, I thought, why don't we have a Walk of Fame? And uh, Aaron Jacobson and I were on the air together then, and we began talking about it on the air and pushing for it and didn't get a whole lot done on it. And okay. But uh, did they just, get any traction yesterday at city council? Yeah, city council's interested in it. And I think they're going to be able to get it done. And uh, fortunately, we've got um, the guy who is, I think, probably going to be able to do a lot on this is Ken Walters, who's got a promotion company. Yeah, I know and Ken. And he and I talked about this years ago. Okay. Uh, about what it would take to uh, how much money you'd have to have and everything to get the thing going. And we never went anywhere with it at that point. I, I, I don't know if you've thought about a location, picked a location. I would well, think that the river walk absolutely would be a neat place. Uh, you know, maybe right yeah, outside the Stras. The only problem with the river walk itself is if you had people stopping and looking at, yeah. The stars and everything and people on bicycles and yeah, all. Yeah, it might have to so be I, like a little turnout. Yeah, you need a bigger area. So I thought either um, Curtis Hickson Park or that park on the east side of Amelie Arena. Yeah. A lot of people have talked about. Uh, there's an Indian name. Yeah. Uh, and Joy just gave it to me the other day. Yeah. And I've forgotten. Coat and Choby. Yeah, Coat and Shelby. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, Coat and Shelby. Dark. <laughs> dark recesses uh, of my brain. We got, <laughs> can I read some of these names of Please people? Please do. That, yeah, let's let's, let's but, hit us with a list. I'm hoping they'll just put a committee together that'll figure out which ones are going to go on it and raising money for it, and maybe we'll have one of our rich. We need you, Channing Tatum, T Tampa Bay folks. <laughs> well, I got him at the top now, top of the list here, Channing Tatum. There we go. Mel Tillis, 
Ernest Ivy Thomas, who was one of the flag raisers on Iwo Jima. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. And he ended up dying there. But Slim Whitman, Patrick Wilson, um, Al Downing, who was a musician, uh, Cannonball Adderley. Wonderful jazz musician. Aaron and Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys. Ray Charles. Right. Francis Bellamy, who wrote the um, Pledge of Allegiance. Hulk Hogan. Butterfly McQueen. Yep. Who was in uh, was Gone, with, Gone, the, with, the Gone with the Wind. Yep. Gone with the Wind. Uh, Brittany Snow. George Steinbrenner. The Boss. Leroy Selman. Wade Boggs, and there are probably a lot of others here. I'm looking at a thing that Ken so Walters what the, what did. So what would the criteria be? Are we talking, do you, must you be People born? got famous. No, yeah, you, you don't it, have to be born here. No, but you lived a lot of your life here, or you learned your skills here, or whatever so, it might be. It's a meritocracy. I like this. I, I support yeah. this initiative. That's pretty and, cool. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, I was just looking at this little piece that was put out by Ken Walters, and he's got Dwight Gooden, Butterfly McQueen, Steinbrenner, Ch- Channing Tatum. Oh, Lauren Hutton, that's another one. Gypsy Rose Lee, I didn't know she <laughs> was from around here. And Ray Charles, Wade Boggs, Ella Fitzgerald's pictures on there. You know, last week, Jack, um, we were, we had a show on about Juneteenth, and we were talking about Black History in Tampa. Yeah, and and uh, the the jazz history. You were here last week. No, I was not. Oh, you were not here last here. week, but I'm sure you were listening. Massachusetts. Um, but anyway, uh, the jazz history in Tampa, um, Cent- Central Avenue was f- fantastic. Oh yeah, including you know mention, names that you mentioned, Ray Charles, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, you know all all the greats. And uh, and that Jackson house is a They've big... got to save that. Yes, they do. They really do. That's another thing we brought up yesterday. But yeah. I got two. I got two names. I think that would fit for this list. Who? We got the Mantega family. The whole Mantega Man, family yep. deserves to be Magazetta, recognized on that list. Magazetta. Joe Redner. Oh, I'm Joe right. Redner. Yeah. Joe, Joe deserves Joe, to be Joe on that list. Uh, the whole thing is they have to be because people would say Ted Webb or Jack, Jack, Harris. Jack Harris, but no, they've got to be famous around the country. They've got to be known. Well, I would say Joe Redner is yeah, probably Joe, famous around Joe the deserves, country. Joe deserves to be on that walk. <laughs> Joe, Joe is Tampa. Yeah, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure once or twice, uh, Jack, in, in especially in your sports context. Did people ever say, where's Mons Venus, you know, <laughs> when they came into town? Oh, yeah. That's been very popular. <laughs> it's an institution. It's, it's, it's Burns, but the food you, isn't as good. You want to hear something? Uh, Lynn and I love Joe Redner. He's a, he was actually a great guy and a great human being. Absolutely. And Lynn used to interview Joe back in the, in the 70s and the 80s, and, um, and Joe had, he had uh, daycare, Okay, for the women that worked there and had ba- the women that had babies, he had daycare for the ch- for those women, and he had health care for those women going all the way back then because he cared about his people, he cared about his employees. And the man is an incredible storyteller. Oh man, yeah. Oh, he's got some yarns that he can spin. But uh, and anyway, that we we got sidetracked on that. But the 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 walk of fame, uh, I think, is a neat idea. Wonderful idea. Yeah, I think it would be great. And if, I mean. It's a tourist attraction, first of all, but sure. even locals will want to go and see who the famous people Absolutely. are from here. So, would, so 
Are we talking about like handprints and things like that, or you can't do just that? A lot the of them are stars, dead. yeah. Oh, just know, the a stars. star and saying who they are. I love it. Okay. And maybe instead of a star, you do like a sun, something Tampa. Yeah. Or a well, palm that's tree. Probably or, even better. Yeah. See, a look, sun. I'm already look at this. I'm barely involved. Already improving things. I like that. I you like that idea. First. Well, Jack, um, you've been an amazing asset uh, to our community. I know that your broadcast career is temporarily on hold and uh and his lawyers won't let him talk about about that but uh but we we know you're not going anywhere and, oh no i hope not and, no, uh, stay around stick around we need you yeah <laughs> so uh if, if you're just tuning in you, and i apologize we didn't take any calls today uh but i didn't have anybody to answer the calls but uh we'll, but we'll catch you next week we and will. one other quick thing yep the next project is going to be after we try to get ted webb's way or ted webb avenue or whatever uh, is trying to change the state bird from a northern mockingbird, which is ridiculous, but is ridiculous. to one of the seabirds. We have so many beautiful seabirds. Oh, yeah, ibis and pelicans and flamingos and everything, and let the school kids vote on which one they want it to be, and that would be a legacy for them. Yeah. So anyway, well, Jack, uh, again, loved having you here. Uh, we'll have you back and to talk about all these great ideas. Uh, my name is John Dinkfelder. On behalf of my typical broadcast partner, uh, Mario Nunez, uh, this is uh, WMNF Tampa 88.5, and our show is Down and Dirty. We are here every Friday at 10 in the morning, and, uh, and we hope you'll join us next week. Uh, stay tuned now for the, uh, the Skinny, uh, which is a fantastic uh, news and, and public information show with Ray Roa. Ben Montgomery and Mitch Perry. And uh, on behalf of, of my uh, broadcast partner, oh, and Jason uh, Marlowe, our engineer. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you so much, Mr. Harris, for taking out your time. Oh, Lord, thank you. And, and Jack, uh, uh, give our best to Joy. I got a chance to meet Jackson. Seems like a fine young man. Yeah. You're, you're, you're very proud, I'm sure. Yep. And um, so anyway... Um, we are heading down toward the final minutes. Um, you've been listening to Down and Dirty, and please come join us. Uh, and I wish you salute and happy days. Oh my God.